Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. Long busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to AM 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talk to a man whose name is Bradley J. Improved my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in to see what condition conversation was in. Yeah, yeah. BZ, you're Jay talking. We're live midnight to five. Bradley Jay here. Usually, I, well, I say don't call during the guest, but this time I encourage you to do that because we have Julie Kramer with us, part photographer, part DJ, part music director, all music, correct? Pretty much, yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Well, the reason you're here now is because you are a photographer and you have a show. Coming up. Yeah, you, you, there was, it was in Lynn for a while, right? Well, what we did was we had um, a show last October. Do you want me to go back to like the whole We have the luxury of time, so it. set the way back machine for All right, whatever I'm gonna, you I'm, like. Okay, we're going we're gonna to go back a little bit here, Bradley. So basically, um, I was a photographer and I worked at WFNX as well. And I documented a lot of what was happening there, uh, late 80s, early 90s. I was there for 25 years, but the bulk of the photos of uh, musicians and artists that came to the station, portraits. And um, I, over the years, put everything away and stored them away. And um, my partner, Jimmy, came across boxes of photos one day while he was cleaning the basement. And uh, he was like, hey, you know, when you said you were a photographer, you didn't tell me this is what this was all about. Like, he didn't realize he's not from Boston. He wasn't an FNX listener. Uh, he was he was a music lover and is a music lover and knew a lot of the artists. And he said, do you mind if I do anything with this? And um, I wasn't really interested but as he was unveiling all these photos that I had taken over the years and we started talking about the stories of, you know, when Joe Strummer came or Brian Ferry or David Bowie or, and all these things as we were talking about uh, that I, I started coming around to the idea of doing something with the photos. And then my good friend Amy Bennett reached out to me and said, hey, let's do something with the photos. Because I started posting them on, you know. Who's Amy, Amy Bennett? Just a friend? A Amy Bennett is a friend. She used to be the manager of the Mighty Mighty Boston. She now runs a PR management company called uh, Motor Management. And um, she said, let's do something with this. And yeah. But then we decided we were going to. Why, why the hesitation? You know, it. to be honest with you. I had a little bit of hesitation, you know, I didn't know really, one, if anybody cared. I didn't, it brought up some bad 
uh, feelings I had over certain things that had happened, you know, in my life, why I had stored these professional things Professional or personally? A, a little of both, mostly personal. Um, and so when we decided to do it, I was like, okay, let's go for it. So we tried to get the building where WFNX was in Lynn, 25 Exchange Street. They actually have a gallery now where our uh, offices used to be. But what we, is, what is, that's what's there now, a gallery? There's like a gallery and the School of Rock is where FNX was, the studios. What's the School of Rock? It, they teach uh, kids uh, music. Okay. Yeah, it, it's cool. I actually give a talk there. They're like really great. So um, we took a base, uh, we decided we were going to do the show. We wanted to do it in Lynn because I felt that it needed to like start somewhere and it needed to start where it all sort of happened. So uh, Jimmy, uh, my partner, his boss has a warehouse right around the corner from um, where FNX was and we decided to build out the basement archives. We called it the basement archives because he unearthed all the photos from the basement. Um you know, at one point when we were looking at the photos, he said to me, by any chance, do you have the negatives? And I said, yeah. And I went into the garage and I opened up this box and I had kept everything archi in archival boxes. So I had everything, all my negatives. Yeah. And I'm talking about thousands and thousands of negatives, which we started to clean. I started renting darkroom space. We started to, you know, months of doing it. When we decided to do the show, we decided to actually build out this warehouse to kind of have that basement feel. We put up walls, we uh, put up lighting, we we cleaned this place day in and day out. It took months uh, while the whole time I'm working full time, taking care of my kids, trying to print all the photos, framing everything ourselves. And we did this show in October. It was only two weekends. Inland. Inland. The opening... Uh, evening we had over 450 people there all the uh old fnx dj showed up they came from afar people flew in from that places must have been heartwarming it was unbelievable listeners showed up people were crying bradley people were like in te tears of joy uh it was an amazing night of good karma it was an incredible night of everyone getting together and sharing stories. Uh, people had brought their kids, kids I hadn't seen since they were in diapers who are now in college. You know, it was so heartwarming and so beautiful and, and so well received. We did it the following weekend as well, just, you know, open the doors for people to come in and see. And um, everyone kept saying, when are you going to do it again? So we decided to do a volume two, which has twice as many photos as volume one. We How many were in volume one? I want to say about 50 to 55, give or take. Um, I didn't really count them all, but somewhere around there. And there's going to be 100 photos in the exhibit, which opens up this Saturday at the Boston Center for Adult Education in Boston. So Great. The opening reception is 4 to 8 o'clock. It is free and open to the public. 4 to 8. Yes. Reception. Yes, and it will. The show will be there for four months, and we'll we're going to do uh, three or maybe four events. The first one, of course, is the opening reception. Where is it again? The Boston Center for Adult Education, one twenty-two Arlington Street. Okay. They call it the BCAE, yep. just to make it very simple. Arlington Street, Boston. Yes. Four okay. to eight o'clock. What's across street? Oh gee, I don't know. Ish, I didn't. I ish, didn't know there close. was going to be a geography. Well, I want, part. I want to know how to get there. And okay, I, well, we can figure it out. I'll, I will. I will. Look if you were online. going to take public transportation, you would take the Arlington Street. 
Yeah, the green, the green line, okay. I think. Yeah. Okay, four to eight. Reception. Yes. What does reception mean? The reception means there'll be a food and drink and people will walk around and there'll be a lot of people there talking and reminiscing. A lot of the old FNX DJs will be there you get as any well. Definite RSVPs yet? Yes, we got a lot any, of RSVPs. Uh, Want to share a couple of them? Might be a draw. Um, oh, you mean from... Coming from, to this uh, this next thing. Who's going to be there? Well, you're going to be there, I of hope. Of course. Yes. But I don't I'm think gonna that's enough. I'm going to be there. Uh, a lot of the old FNX DJs will be there. Do you mean like who? Like Ty uh, yeah, and, say and names, Troy? Names. And uh, hopefully Dwayne Troy. is coming. Troy. Boy Troy. Boy Troy. Yeah. You remember him? I remember the name. You know. Um, and uh, Mike Joshua will be there. He worked at WFNX. I don't know if you remember. Chris Kennedy will be there. Hopefully, Joanne Duty will be there. Joanne, I remember her name. Yeah. She, yeah. So there'll be a, a lot of people, a lot of listeners. You know, I feel like as we have perspective on um, the time, and I know you were in the rock music at the time, as we look back, you know, 20, 25 years, there's a sur- sort of nostalgia that a lot of people are remembering that time. Yeah, because and that was real and now it's fake. I'm not sure about that. I just think it was a time when things seemed a lot freer. We were a lot younger. The clubs were really booming. Uh, you know, there was no social media. When we started in radio, you and I, there were no computers. So, there were no selfies. I think it's okay to say it was a better time. I mean, they're not equal. And so if they're not equal, they were either worse times or better times. And I'll go ahead and say they're better. Okay. I'm going to say for me personally, it was a great time in my life. It was a super time in my life where I was very, very fortunate to work at a great radio station and have access to so many wonderful people who were so willing to spend some time with me and let me take their portraits. Okay, let's break and uh, we'll make sure you're pumped with caffeine. I am. Because it's gonna take a while. Uh, 617-254-1030, folks, 617-254-1030. I know there are those among you that that grew up on WFNX and you may wanna get in here and talk to like one of their premier superstars, really. It's WBZ, Julie Kramer. Professional broadcaster, for sure, and professional photographer, also for sure. I'm two in one. And there's a big show coming, which we have described. I promised her that would be first. Again, where is it and when is it? And then we'll get into more about you. Okay. It is at the Boston Center for Adult Education. It starts this Saturday. The BCAE is located at 122 Arlington Street in Boston. The opening reception is free and open to the public, and it is uh, from 4 to 8 o'clock. And it will be air-conditioned, so if it's really hot and you want to beat the heat, you come hang with us. 4 to 8. Yes. Arlington Street. Yes. What day? Saturday. Saturday the what? 20th. Okay. Rob Brooks, can you look up the cross street of that address? Cool. Now, about you. About me. You, you formulated yourself around here. You grew up around here. I did. I grew up on the North Shore. And you, how, how did you, well, actually, before you came to FNX, who were you? What was your thing? What were you into? Were you a rock person? Were you, were you into something else? Were you a jock? Tell me about the pre-radio you. Uh, the Well, gosh, you know, uh, I was doing radio, college radio. Um, I'm, I have a degree in photography. Uh, I was doing college radio, and then when I was still in college, I uh, did part-time at 94HJY in Providence. And then um, I needed to raise some money to go to graduate school in New York. So I went to GIR in New Hampshire and did full-time radio to try to raise some money, and that's where my path um, 
took a different. So your initial college was where? Uh, UMass. Where you went? That's where you got into college radio? Yeah. So what drew you to college radio? For me, it was just I met some guy at a party and said, you ought to be on the radio. I I wasn't driven. Were you driven? Yes. So I was always into music. My sister, Audrey, was always in bands. Um, and so I brought her single at the time up to the radio station. I, my parents, who were very involved in our lives, uh, when my sister was playing The Rat with Pastiche and The Neats and all these bands. So 1980? uh, Even earlier, used to take me and my little sister to all these clubs so they could go see my sister Audrey. So there I am, you know, at The Rat with like a Dorothy Hamill haircut and braces. Do you have any photos of that? Uh, I don't know. If you find one, can you send me? I was there. Do you remember when the, um, the smoke bomb thing went off at The Rat during the rumble? Were you around then? It was a long time ago. I was around in 1980, December 1981. That's when I got there. Uh, so um, this was, I think, before then. Okay. So I, I was always in the local music scene because I had a sister who was always in bands. Um, and my family was very supportive of her. So we were always- What did she play? She was the singer. And what were what were her bands? Uh, the 360s. Do you remember that band? Yeah, I kind of do. The but that was a little, a little later on. That was a little later on, yeah. So she was always in the scene and always... Uh, so that was a cool band. Yes, Were the cool other band. bands cool? Uh, yeah, I think she was sort of uh, working it out, you okay. know? Um, what were and, the other names? I'm just, I love band names. Well, the 360s before they were the 360s were the Bardos. And then she was in a bunch of other bands. I don't even know if I can recall the names. Uh, my now ex-husband was the drummer of the 360s. Does she still sing? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. My younger sister, Lori, was in the Pendulum Floors. I come from a very musical yeah, you family. Yeah, a, a rock pedigree. Yeah, I, yeah. my mother uh, studied music um, at Boston University, which she was a piano player. Um, so, yes, I come from a very musical family, but I have absolutely, Bradley, no musical talent whatsoever. Eh, maybe not. So that's how I got People into radio. People say that. I bet you do, though. No, really. The the guitar teacher, I think I remember, told my mother to save her money, um, and I was terrible at piano. Um, See, that's when you should have buckled down yeah. and made the piano teacher eat crow. No, I decided instead it would probably be a lot easier to get into radio because I had a huge love of music. Okay. And uh, my mom always took us to concerts when we were kids as well. So, uh, when did you get the gig at FNX? So uh, I got. Oh, the, how I should say. So uh, I left GIR. I was working with Kurt St. Thomas. We were doing a morning show there, and I told him I said I'm going to leave and I'm going to go do my photography because that's, you know, I got off course a little bit. So I uh, left and uh, moved to Boston and um, started doing my photography. He then left and went to FNX as the production director, and he uh, said it's time for you to come back. So I went back part-time, um, and that was when I started working at FNX. When was that? I'm going to say it could be 86, but it might be 87, and I'm a little unclear on exact Don't dates. you wish... You'd kept more track of the time. I wish I kept notes on everything. Yeah. I wish I was better That's, at writing dates. I thought I would remember everything. You I need didn't to tell realize. Your kids. Yeah, write it all down. Write it all. Take pictures and write it all down. I, well, the thing is, I took the pictures, Bradley, but I should have been better about documenting everything. Some of them have the dates, but I should have been better. Some people remember things better than me, and and thank goodness that I'm still very friendly with everyone who worked at FNX because I use them as a resource. Okay. So. Around 1980, I got a gig at LYN, and that became FNX. You know the story about that. It was a guy named, it was Spanish-speaking station. Some guy named Rich Anzalone talked the guy into letting him play rock. It kind of took off. It became cool. And then 
I don't know about the, the business part of it, but it just became FNX. When you got to FNX, what was the vibe? What was the mission statement? Who did they perceive themselves to be? Um, I think they perceived themselves to be to be what I would then be called alternative radio. I do not believe it was called alternative radio then. Um, it was all about, uh, and as you well know, back in the day, jocks could pretty much play what they wanted, although ours was more new music-based. Um, back then, we were spinning vinyl, and uh, we would just mark the front with your initials of, like, you played it, so somebody else don't play and what, it right and away. The t- you didn't even really mar- need to mark the time. Because there were so many records to play. Yeah, you would the just go through. You would was, go through the stacks. Yeah, and uh, it's much different than uh, as we know radio now. And um, they had uh, a PD who came in soon after I was there, called Max Tolkov, who brought the station to another level. And that's when uh, another level of excellence or another level of ratings. I, both, and uh, that's when we started doing all the the shows on Lansdowne Street. You've got to remember, a lot of radio stations weren't doing that. We were so on the forefront of all of that, and of course, breaking bands. And then, you know, Kurt, who was production director, then moved to music director. Um, Nirvana. We were the first station to play Nirvana. We were playing all these bands before anyone else. And as the as that was sort of the music was turning, alternative became huge. And FNX was on the forefront of that and one of the premier alternative radio stations in the country. So for the, most of the time you were there, you chose the music by committee, which is cool. Yeah. We did that for quite a while. After a while, that, that went away. But it's cool for a number of reasons because you guys are on the street and you know what's cool. Whereas in general, the program director has to take orders from upstairs or from the research and, and all. Um but you have to remember, back in the day, we were young kids, and it was FNX to me was filled with young people, incredibly creative, super talented, open to anything. Every idea was a good idea. There was nobody, you know, knocking you down and saying no, 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 no. It was like you, anything was possible. Well, you had to argue with your peers. Some peers would say. No, don't play that. And when you were in the meeting, you'd have to make your case for your song. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, listen, I've been in music meetings where someone once said, if this song doesn't become a hit, I'm going to cut off my pinky. Um, Really? Yeah, the song didn't become a hit, but they still have their pinky. So where did you say that a song came in? Song, like the, the. And you would have to, you'd have these conversations, conversations about who else was playing it or not playing it. How did that factor in? Did did you play stuff that college radio played? Or did you not play stuff that college radio played? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Or would you, would you reject things that were on the other major stations? Where I, did you fall and, and how did that decision making process go? I think it was a lot of everything. Uh, we played music that we believed in. We were very interested in developing new artists and being on the forefront and breaking bands. If one um, of the biggest stations played it, would you say, we don't believe in them anymore? They're, to yeah. a certain extent, it depends. If it went to top 40, a lot of times it would get knocked off. 
um, you know, it, it, depending on the artist. On the lower side, what bar did it have to hurdle to get on? Like, it couldn't be too weird. I think it depended it, on how what, everybody what it, felt about it. Okay. Who it else just had was... to be awesome. That was it. This, it didn't matter how much money the record company was spending on it. It didn't matter what position in the charts they were. I'll, sometimes it did depend on that. Did you, Are you getting them for a free show? Right. Are you getting... That was later on, right? Yeah. You know, um, did this record company uh, person that you were very friendly with, did they need some extra spins? Did you uh, need to... Maybe, yeah. You wanted to have... A, not a show, but some other favor from them, so you'd play this rather unknown artist. I Well, it depends. Yes. You know, did That's you believe okay. in it? There's I no mean, crime. that doesn't mean you would play something you didn't believe in. You you didn't cross that line. You know, it's not like we were playing right. Creed. So, uh, you know, but there were musical trends, and I think we were trying to set the bar on that and uh, become the person that was, uh, or the people that were setting those trends. Okay, we continue with Julie Kramer, talking about her radio career at WFNX and her, her photography, which is reborn. Right, risen from the ashes, risen from the basement. Yes, the basement archives. Okay, uh, about let's, a little bit more about FNX because that's where the photos spring from. FNX was very about lifestyle. You know, um, it was a lifestyle station, and we were always out in the street. We were out five, six nights. You know, it's funny. You would work with people all day, and then you would be out with them all night. You'd be at the clubs. You'd be hanging with bands. You would you know, be doing parties and events, and people really responded to that. And we had so many faithful listeners and so many... Remember the X card? I don't know if you remember that. The uh, We had uh, an, F, an F and X card, and, you know, it got you certain fun things. People still show that card to me. It's got to be 25, 30 years old. They're like, I still have my What X do you have card. to give them when they show it to you? Nothing, just a, a big hug, <laughs> a big hug, and thank you very much. I mean, I think... FNX meant a lot to a lot of people. It it was more than just about the music. How important was the paper, the print side of what you did? Uh, the Phoenix you, newspaper. Yeah, how did you create synergies? Did you were you expected to? Did it help you? Did you? Did I think you I think it? they both worked together. We were in Lynn. The Phoenix newspaper was in Boston, but I do believe, uh, you know, when FNX, when Stephen Mindich, you know, had FNX. Uh, it was supposed to almost be like the radio version of the Phoenix newspaper. You know, we had, uh, we talked about the arts, we talked about books, we talked right. about music, we Hence talked the about lifestyle. politics. You know, Big we had guests focus. on, yes, you know, guests ranging from chefs to musicians to authors. And, you know, they worked hand in hand to hey, a certain extent. A band that you feel particularly proud of? Breaking, if you will, or being involved. Besides in. Nirvana? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggie, That right? would be the biggie? I, I think so. I would think that Nirvana uh, changed a generation. Give me of, a couple uh, of Music. I mean, we were the first ones to play Mumford & Sons, the first ones to play, you know, if you want to go totally random, Adele on alternative radio, Florence and the Machine. I, You know, you could run through the gamut of um, alternative artists, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, I... We were on the forefront of it all. Okay, and this gave you access to the Everybody, artists. Everybody, yeah. Any, give me some names of artists that were kind of thrilling to hang around with. Joe Strummer. Besides 
Kurt. Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer. Okay, so Joe Strummer. The other thing is, you have to remember, a, a lot of times uh, bands would come to town and a year later they'd come to town. So there were many times, like the Chili Peppers, I photographed them in many sessions over the years because they would come. Same with Iggy Pop and Joe Strummer. Um, Joe Strummer, I, I have always been a huge Clash fan. And um, I was going to show you my pocketbook. I still carry my Clash pocketbook all these years, even though it's all torn up. But um, Joe Strummer, the first session I did with him was 1989. Uh, he came to the radio station, had his you know guitar, walked in, put the guitar in the trash like just you know just having fun was great um hung out what just, year would this be 1989 um a few years later i don't know if you remember this uh he was in town when they were doing the mighty mighty boss tones star on the the walk the rock star walk that i think tower records yeah. was doing and he was in town and my best joe strummer story is so we were all hanging out they had um you know like a meet and greet and they did the star thing and people came and it was great and you know we were all hanging out but that night bradley that night was so special because we all went to the vfw on green street in cambridge and we went and we danced to 80s music. His wife was with him. And uh, a whole bunch of us, the Boston's, uh, fans, Joe and his wife. And we just went crazy dancing to music and having fun and just enjoying this crazy moment that if you were there, you're still talking about like myself. 617-254-1030 if you have joined us. And you uh, remember FNX. Did you ever go to an FNX event? Did you have a favorite band at FNX? Folks, 617-254-1030. I know it's been a while, but uh, Julie Kramer is here with us talking about both FNX and uh, her photos. The show's coming up again to give them the information. That's, that's why you're here. Yes, the Boston Center for Adult Education, they call it the BCAE. Uh, it's 122 Arlington Street in Boston. The opening reception is this Saturday. It is the 20th from 4 to 8 o'clock. It is free and open to the public. There'll be some uh, food and drink, and you can come see the photos and chat and everything else. Now, you, you rattled off some names, but give me a, a little bit more depth in some of your favorite FNX people. That you, some folks you worked with? Oh, I, you know, all but uh, one or two I truly love. Um, and I won't mention the ones I don't. But we all get together. Um, Chris Kennedy does a walk for Boston Children's Hospital and always does an annual event, which actually I think was last month, where we do an FNX um, reunion and people come and we, we donate. Uh, money to his cause and the cause for Boston Children's Hospital. Um, so I have regularly seen and talked to Ty and Troy and Neil Robert and Henry Santoro and I are still the best of friends. I've you know worked with him for 35 years. And um, Sharon Brody, the list is endless. you know and 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 the people who who weren't on the air, you know, they come as well. The people who, who made FNX what it was and helped run it on the backside, you know, Paul Buckley and Jay Buckley and everybody else. How about some songs that you feel defined FNX? A few of them. Bands or songs, I guess. There have to be a few. If there was an ultra core, an FNX core. I mean, I would, Who would some of them be? Like, well, for me, The Cure, Depeche Mode, 
probably the the Buzzcocks, although the Buzzcocks was earlier on, but that was sort of the music we played, the Pistols, um, Super Drag, um, you know, the Divinals. I mean, we we played a lot of everything That's back think, in the think, day. I love hearing these bands, so think of some more. Uh, Divinals. I mean, I How about the, the Was that one of your Yeah, did, actually, my first interview... Matt Johnson? I, was Matt Johnson, yeah. Um, back in the old studios, like in the way back, back when you, you know, you were running things really on a, on a shoestring there, um, which was pretty funny back in the day. So, um, yeah, he was one of my first interviews there. But, you know, we played the Chili Peppers. We played uh, Iggy Pop. We, we played a little of everything. Did you, were you careful to play a cut? From each of these bands that other bands, other places weren't playing, was that how, something you did to? I mean, I think we played the singles. Break out. I, well, I think we played the single. The single. You have to remember, you know, uh, everything is a business, right? So the record company would want you to play the single because that's what they're trying to push. But yeah, a lot of times we would add a song that we liked or a second single. Uh, we might be ahead. We might say to the record company, "Hey, we like this song. What song?" Are, is going to be the second single. We're going to play this before anyone else. A lot of radio stations in the country would wait to see how a band does and how they were moving up on the charts before they would even step out on it. Right, correct. You know, I remember... You, you, we were ahead of the you curve. You didn't need to worry about that so much. No, and I, I even remember like when the boss tones would be like, okay, we have our new record, what should the single be? And we would all get in the office and listen to the record and talk about what we think their single should be. So... There were a lot of times where bands would come to us and say, could you listen to this and where do you think we should go with it? What did you do? Talk about your local, you were big on local bands. Yeah. Did you have a special local show or were the local bands ins- insinuated into everyday programming? How did both. Or both? Yeah, I didn't run the local show. Um, we always had a local program and local music was always played throughout the, the day and evening. Run through some of the, you've been here a long time. I know. Been you, there you, you, a long time. You know, I, I, knew, I wish I had taken more notes and brought them with me yeah. so I could remember. I need to hear the names of local bands that I may have forgotten. Well, like the Nervous Eaters? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that's going that you're, way back. that's going way back. Actually, Nervous Eaters is probably, and Willie Loco um, and Jonathan Richmond and all that stuff was probably way before. For FNX even, you know, uh, yep. materialized. But, you know, the neighborhoods, well, the neighborhoods too. Um, but, you know, there were so many local bands that we, you know, from. You can't think of them. It's really hard. I Bank Marrow, Orbit. I mean, we always had local bands Buffalo Tom, Belly, Throwing Muses. Uh, you know, it's sort of the list is crazy um, when you think about Morphine. Um, all the bands that were around at the time that that we supported and helped get them to and it's where always they fun to go. talk to a person like you about <clears throat> venues that have come and go, that have gone away well, think way back to venues that you enjoyed Chet's last call Jack's the channel Venus de Milo spit axis so you were here when spit was spit yeah when did spit I saw, cease I remember to be spit because <sighs> I'm trying to figure that 80s? out myself I, I think there's I think sit before it was City before it became Avalon, and I think that was no, early Spit didn't 90s. Become Avalon. And then, Spit no, no, was Spit, no, Spit was separate. Then it became Bill's Bar. I'm trying to think of the time if I think one went before the other. I think I saw Sinead O'Connor at Spit. Uh, it was like in the round, and I remember seeing, um, gosh, so many bands. I saw the Divinals there. 
Yeah, spit was spit was like you you were there, you lived there. Well, but I had the to, Middle I East is still around. I New Hampshire to go to spit. Yeah, TT the Bears, you know, which unfortunately. TT the Bears. Were you around Man for places Ray. like Mavericks? Does that ring a bell? No. Cantones? Cantones, yeah, Cantones. The Space? Yeah, the Summit. Remember the Summit? That was like a bikey bar, but that and, was outside of town. And Streets? Streets, You were yeah. here for streets, so you were here really early. But yes, but you have to remember that I was going to those clubs because my parents were taking me to see my sister's band, the Rings. Right. Remember the Rings? Yeah. Oh, They're kind no. of like the cars. Let me go. They were kind of- Yeah, the new models. Cars. Yeah. Let's um, take a call from Steven and Lynn, then we'll break. Steven, thanks for being the first. Hey, Steven. Oh, yeah. Hey, Hi, Steven, brother, you're on uh, BZ with uh, Julie Kramer and, and Bradley. How you doing? Good, good. Uh I just want to say hello to Julie Kramer, and um, I'm I'm a big fan of hers from the 1990s and 80s. And you did that show called The Leftover Lunch. Yes, I did. And yeah, and um, just to let you know, I recorded many of your Leftover Lunch shows, and well, I have a lot of them on cassette tape. Oh, uh, that is Julie. so sweet. But do you have a cassette player still? That's the question. Ah, uh, yes, yes, ma'am, I do. You are but, very um, good. I just. Yeah, I just have to say that you and uh, your fellow DJs on uh, FNX really got me through um, um, some difficult times in my life. Um, you know, times when I was unemployed, uh, sitting at home, wondering what to do. Um, Drinking. I had WFNX on the radio, and um, you were uh, really soothing me with all the music that you played, and you introduced me to... Um, you know, all these good bands, and I listened to all these uh, artists that came to your studio and uh, interviewed with your DJs and everything, and um, uh, you uh, led me to a lot of these shows around uh, the area and stuff, and um, it was a great time. I must say that um, back in 1982, I had a sticker on my car that said uh, Y102, W-R-Y-N, and um, one day in the uh, autumn of 82, I got into my car and I fired up the radio, and um, I believe the DJ's name was Chris, and he said, um, I don't want to say the old call letters, and it turned from Y102 into WFNX on that day. Wow. And, I um, wasn't there then. Hey, uh, Stephen, um, what are some bands that really kind of started to matter to you that FNX turned you on to? Oh, well, um, this band named Lush. Yeah, uh, they're a British band, and um, they sponsored uh, FNX sponsored the show that they played in um, at the Wallace uh, Civic Center in Fitchburg. I traveled all the way out there to see them. I think I was and, at that show. Okay, it was great, and um, geez, I'm still a big fan of uh, their music today, Julie. And uh, I remember you uh, uh, interviewing um, uh, quite a few people on the air, and I know that you have. Uh, um, a real affinity for this band, Catherine Wheel. Oh, you know, you know how much I love Catherine Wheel. What I wouldn't yeah. do if they would tour again, but I don't think it's going to happen. But Catherine Wheel was definitely one of my favorite bands back in the day. Yes, that whole shoegazer thing. Yeah, I loved them. Right, I mean, I still right. love I, them. I believe the uh, leader of the band, his name is Rob. Yeah, Rob Dickinson. Uh, yes, right. Yeah, boy, and, you got um, a good memory. Oh, sure. And like I said, I, I had uh, your station on uh, uh, a lot a lot during the, uh, the day and night. And, and um, I would really like to go to that um, uh, reception that you're talking about there. Uh, well, I hope you come. Happens at, 
the PCAE there? Yeah, it's free. Listen, it's free. Oh, it's uh, this Saturday, 4 to 8 o'clock. I would love for you to be there. I wish you're right in Lynn. I wish you had come to the show in October. Oh. The gee, one that uh, we did in Lynn. I know it, it was one of those things where we put it together and, you know, we put it out on social for a couple weeks and, and you know, that was sort of it. But uh, that was right in okay. your backyard there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got to say that, um, you know, the, some of my uh, some of the docket days in my life was uh, like in the early 90s, around the time of the, the um, uh, war that was happening over there in Kuwait. And, uh, you know, the country was going through a lot of um, uncertainty. But um, your radio station kind of, uh, you know, kept me uh, kept me going when I, uh, I listened to it. That guy, Ty. The, the Morning guy, Ty. Ty. Yeah. Right. Yes. And Chris St. Thomas in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, and, and um, gosh, it was uh, people uh, really uh, propped me up, I must say, with uh, all your programming that was that was going on there. Thanks, I, Stephen. We appreciate it. I can't even tell you how happy that makes me. Of course. Yeah. They're out there. Because that's what it's all about. So Good the reason karma. you're here is to get guys like Steve to go to the photo show. Yes, yes. And, you on know, Saturday the 20th, and uh, you can meet them. Yes. Well, you know, they. I was dubbed Bradley, and I don't know if you know this, the Karma Queen for, uh, you know, being so positive and uh, spreading good karma. So I'm glad that... Uh, it's coming back to you. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. So it's uh, about 10 off. Let's break and continue. We're going to actually get into the stories behind the photos and bring the, the photography and the DJing together. It's busy. I've got to talk to you privately. Say, who is this talking man? Bradley J. Jay talking. WBZ News Radio 10:30. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Okay, talk. Jay talking with Bradley J. WBZ. News Radio 1030. That's right. We're with Julie Kramer, photographer and... Disc jockey? DJ? Is that, does that cover it? DJ? Well, it's funny. When you say DJ Are now, okay people have DJ? a completely different in, interpretation of DJ now because now they think you're spinning, you know. Spinning? Uh, you know, like a spinning DJing, you know, a club kind oh, of thing. Well, you when were I say, one of that. You did that. I, I did that as well, yeah, at Axis, upstairs at Axis. I did the sort of uh, leftover lunch live kind of thing, um, the 80s thing. But uh, I always said DJ. I, I, sometimes I have to be... You know, clarify a little bit more and say radio announcer. Yeah. It's, okay. You know, lines are blurry there. Well, you Bradley. know what? Rock a jock kind of covers it, right? Sure. Why not? Okay. So now let's get into your uh, photos. Okay. You you had a lot of access to stars when you were at FNX. Yes. For and 25 years, I yep, guess. Yeah. There's a website, juliekramer.com. And we'll get into some of the uh, photos here. And All right. They have... I don't know which of these have good stories behind them. They probably all have some story. Let's start out with a biggie. Bound to have a story. Lou Reed. All right. So um, Lou Reed came to the radio station. It, it says the date, I think. You're looking at the website now, right? Mm. 
So um, I, I'll tell you the story. He looks young in this. Yes. Well, that would have to be 89, I think. Is that what it says? Doesn't. Oh. Um, so I'll tell you, I, I took the last portrait of Roy Orbison before he passed away. Uh, and we can get to that story. But soon after that, Lou Reed came to the station and they were telling him the story. And he was nervous about me photographing him because he thought maybe there might be, I don't know, bad omen. There wasn't, of course. It was something to talk about. Yes, it was. But he talked to actually a lot about uh, riding motorcycles um, because Max was there. Max was a big motorcycle rider. So they were talking Max a lot Tolkoff. about- Max Tolkoff. Yeah, they were talking, who was the program director. They were talking a lot about uh, riding motorbikes. Um, He's pretty young here and he has this- what I would say, interesting mullet? mullet. Yeah. Yeah. And we and interesting glasses. So it's Julie Kramer photography, if you want, anyone with a computer wants to look at it. And, of course, a lot of these will be at the live gig, which I'm plugging the heck out of. December, you. right. It, the BCAE, the uh, opening reception is this Saturday, July 20th, from 4 to 8 o'clock. The BCAE is 122 Arlington Street in Boston. So what were your impressions of Lou Reed over the times you met him? Uh, I I think I only met him twice. I I thought he was a very very nice guy. I mean, there were very few people that I met that weren't very nice. We'll get um, into that later. Yeah, save that. Yeah, um, but I you know again, it's one of those things where he came in. I don't even remember who he interviewed with at the time. Um, that was the other thing at the photo show that we did in October. A lot of the DJs wrote stories about their times with the different. That's a good artists. idea. So as you walked around, you would see the photos, and then different people wrote about their experiences with them, because everyone had a different experience with the artist when they came in. You know, the person who interviewed Lou was different than me photographing Lou was different than the person that might have driven Lou there. You know, that kind of thing. If I, I only spoke to him one time, and I made it well. If I had more time, I'd I'd like to learn all about his feelings about his time at the factory and Orhal's factory, because that to me is. Oh man, I'd like to flash back to that for a little while. And he want he punched David Bowie one time. That and, I did and not. I know. asked him about it, and he got angry. As you know, as an interviewer, that's a question you ask at the end, because that will be the last question. Let's go to the next picture, Bjork, I guess. Bjork. Yeah, Bjork um, of uh, Sugar Cubes and Solo Fame. Yeah. So that it was actually when. Um, Sugar Cubes were doing a WFNX Best Music Poll show. And I think the, the Sugar Cubes were actually at Orpheum that night, but I think that photograph was taking, taken backstage at Avalon. And I'll tell you the funny Bjork story is um, we were talking, and I was taking pictures of her, and we were chatting. And without missing a beat, she literally stuck her finger up her nose and started picking her nose. And... You literally just not, you know, as if you and I were just talking and before is you know. Is that a cultural thing or was that art? I, I don't was know that if that's being an, a performance artist? I, I'm not sure if it's an Icelandic thing or, or just, it just happened. And then she sort of just picked her nose and we just went about our, our business and I took a photo. Did you save the, uh, the snot? No, I did not save the snot. I think she could have picked and flicked. Okay. Um, but it is literally one of those stories that I tell over Maybe the years. Maybe Bieber has that. Bieber that could item. have it in the archives. In a little glass case. He could. David Bieber is a person who has archived popular culture in Boston for I don't know, 40, Ever. 40 years as it, uh, during his time at WBCN, FNX, and all in between. He, if there's anything rock or popular culture, he actually might 
have it. He, That's a good story. That yeah, the 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 picking and the flicking of the nose. But yeah, so um, I photographed her. The sugar cubes actually I photographed without her a number of times too when they came to the radio station. But Bjork, um, that was backstage at Avalon. Okay, let's continue here. Well, we have Blondie. Yeah, so uh, Blondie, I met many many times actually. We did a promotion. The pictures there are from um, when when uh, Debbie and Chris came to FNX, the ones I know that you're looking at on the website. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, there's a view out the back window of the FNX studio. Yeah, yeah. Which I was the same window probably when it was LYN. Right? Uh, they changed things a little bit, but we used to crawl out the window and, and hang out on the roof quite a bit. Um, I, I We actually did a promotion at FNX where we took listeners to England and we toured with Blondie. We have to go because of the time. Once again, thank you for having Julie's me. Julie's big show is Saturday, one twenty-two, Arlington, Arlington Street in Street, Boston. Boston Center for Adult Education. There's a bunch of photos and good times and refreshments, as I understand it. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.